This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of replantation from the hand section on orthobullets.com. Let's start this episode with a quick summary. Replantation is the reconstruction of an amputated portion of the upper extremity secondary to trauma. Diagnosis of an amputated digit is contingent on absence of blood supply. That is a cold, white digit without soft tissue attachment. Treatment involves prompt transportation of the amputated tissue and stepwise reconstruction prior to tissue ischemia and meticulous postoperative care. Now let's get into the episode. With respect to epidemiology, as far as incidence, 90% of upper extremity amputation occurs after trauma. As far as the demographics, there is a 4 to 1 male to female ratio of replantation. And in terms of anatomic location, most amputations occur at the level of the digits. Moving on to etiology, with respect to pathophysiology, the mechanism of traumatic amputation includes sharp dissection, blunt dissection, avulsion, or crush injury. Moving on to the presentation of these patients, your history should include the timing of injury, type and location of the amputation, the number of digits involved, preservation of the amputated tissue, associated injury, and past medical history. On examination, the stump should be examined for the zone of injury, tissue viability, supporting tissue structures, and contamination. The amputated portion is inspected for segmental injury, bone and soft tissue envelope, and contamination. Moving on to indications, the indications for replantation after trauma have primary indications and relative indications. Primary indications include the thumb at any level, multiple digits, through the palm, wrist level or proximal to the wrist, and almost all parts in children. Relative indications include individual digits distal to the insertion of the flexor digitorum superficialis, or FDS, which corresponds to zone 1, ring avulsion injuries, and amputations through or above the elbow. As far as contraindications to replantation, there are primary contraindications and relative contraindications. Primary contraindications include severe vascular disorder, a mangled limb or crush injury, segmental amputation, and prolonged ischemia time with large muscle content, which is defined as greater than six hours. Relative contraindications include a single digit proximal to the FDS insertion, which corresponds to zone two, and know that ring finger injuries in zone two have better cosmesis and grip strength with a fourth ray resection and fifth ray transposition. Other relative contraindications include a medically unstable patient, disabling psychiatric illness, tissue contamination, and prolonged ischemia time with no muscle content, which is defined as greater than 12 hours. Moving on to treatment, we'll go over transport of the amputated tissue and operative considerations. As far as transport of amputated tissue, any salvageable tissue should be transported with the patient to the hospital. As far as the modality, keep the amputated tissue wrapped in moist gauze in lactate ringer solution, place in a sealed plastic bag, and place in ice water. Make sure to avoid direct ice or dry ice and then wrap, cover, and compress the stump with moistened gauze. Moving on to operative considerations, as far as time to replantation, proximal to the carpus, the warm ischemia time is less than six hours, and the cold ischemia time is less than 12 hours. In the setting of amputations distal to the carpus, or the digit, warm ischemia time is less than 12 hours, and cold ischemia time is less than 24 hours. As far as the general operative sequence of replantation, the vascular shunt should be performed first. This is for approximate replantation with large muscle mass to minimize warm ischemia time. And then bone fixation plus or minus shortening. This is after irrigation and debridement of the soft tissue and bone. And then extensor tendon repair. And then artery repair. 
but keep in mind that this should be repaired second after bone if the ischemia time is greater than three to four hours. Next, you will perform the venous anastomoses, then flexor tendon repair, then nerve repair, and then finally skin plus or minus fasciotomy. As far as finger order, the thumb should be replanted first, then the long finger, then the ring finger, then the small finger, then the index finger. For multiple amputations, structure by structure sequence is most efficient. Digit by digit sequence takes the most time. In terms of postoperative care, let's talk about the environment, replant monitoring, anticoagulation, arterial sufficiency, and venous congestion. So starting with the environment, keep the patient in a warm room, which is defined as 80 degrees Fahrenheit, and be sure that these patients avoid caffeine, chocolate, and nicotine. As far as replant monitoring, the skin temperature is the most reliable. Concerning changes include a greater than 2 degree drop in skin temperature in less than one hour, or a temperature below 30 degrees Celsius. Pulse oximetry of less than 94% indicates a potential vascular compromise. Anticoagulation should include adequate hydration and medications such as aspirin, dipyridamine, low molecular weight dextram, and heparin. In the setting of arterial insufficiency, you would treat these patients with first release of constricting bandages, placing the extremity in a dependent position, considering heparinization, considering stellate ganglion blockade, and early surgical exploration if the measures that we just mentioned are unsuccessful. Finally, know that thrombosis secondary to vasospasm is the most common cause of early replant failure. In the setting of venous congestion, treatment can include elevating the extremity, leech application as they release hirudin, which is a powerful anticoagulant. However, know that aromonas hydrophilia infection can occur, so prophylax with ciprofloxacin, which is the first line, and Bactrim when ciprofloxacin is contraindicated. Finally, you can use heparin-soaked pledgets if the leeches are not available. Now let's end this review session talking about some complications. We'll go over replantation failure, stiffness, myonecrosis, myoglobinuria, reperfusion injury, infection, and cold intolerance. So as far as replantation failure, the most frequent cause within 12 hours is arterial thrombosis from persistent vasospasm. Keep in mind that there's a decreased palmar width with ray resection. As far as stiffness, replanted digits have 50% of total motion and tenolysis is the most common secondary surgery. Myonecrosis has a greater concern in major limb replantation than in digit replantation. Myoglobinuria is caused by muscle necrosis in larger replants, like the forearm and the arm, and can lead to renal failure and can also be fatal. Finally, in terms of reperfusion injury, the mechanism is thought to be related to ischemia-induced hypoxanthine conversion to xanthine. Allopurinol is the best adjunctive therapy agent to decrease xanthine production. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, A patient presents with a hand injury after an accidental self-inflicted gunshot wound. The ring finger is traumatically amputated at the proximal phalanx. Which treatment option will provide optimal cosmesis and grip strength? And the choices are 1. Early revision amputation, 2. Early replantation, 3. Delayed 4th ray resection. 4. Early 4th ray resection with 5th ray transposition. And 5. Delayed 4th ray resection with 5th ray transposition. The correct answer to this question is 4. Early 4th ray resection with 5th ray transposition. So mutilating ring finger injuries have better cosmetic and grip strength outcomes with early 4th ray resection with a 5th ray transposition. 
to quickly review, traumatic amputation of the ring finger at the level of the PIP joint and proximal is a relative contraindication to replantation due to postoperative stiffness resulting in a non-functional digit. Revision amputation is an option but frequently leads to decreased grip strength and a stump that is often repeatedly traumatized. Complete resection of the fourth ray with transposition of the fifth ray allows for a more cosmetic appearance of the hand by closing the gap between the remaining digits while also increasing grip strength. Sedek et al. prospectively reviewed patients that sustained a mutilating fourth ray injury that was treated either with early or delayed fourth ray amputation and fifth ray transposition. They found that patients treated with early fourth ray resection with fifth ray transposition had significantly higher grip strength, pronation strength, and cosmesis compared to delayed treatment. The authors supported the early treatment of mutilating fourth ray injuries with fourth ray resection and fifth ray transposition. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer one, revision amputation will result in a less cosmetic appearance of the hand with decreased grip strength compared to ray resection and transposition. Answer two, early replantation is likely to result in a stiff and non-functional digit due to the injury through zone two, also known as no man's land. Replantation and repair in this region is fraught with stiff and non-functional flexor tendons due to the scarring of the FDS and FDP. Answer three, delayed fourth ray resection has been associated with decreased grip strength, pronation strength, and cosmesis. Therefore, early ray resection with adjacent ray transposition will yield a more favorable outcome. And finally, answer five, Sedek et al. found that early fourth ray resection resulted in higher cosmetic appearance and greater grip strength compared to delayed treatment. Moving on to the next question, what is the mechanism of action of the first-line prophylactic antibiotic used when utilizing leech therapy? And the choices are 1. Inhibits 30S subunit. 2. Inhibits cell wall synthesis. 3. Inhibits the 50S subunit. 4. Inhibits DNA gyrase. And 5. Inhibits RNA synthesis. The correct answer to this question is 4. Inhibits DNA gyrase. So the first-line chemoprophylactic treatment in patients undergoing leech therapy is ciprofloxacin, which is a fluoroquinolone. The mechanism of action of fluoroquinolones is through inhibition of DNA gyrase, which ultimately inhibits DNA synthesis. To quickly review, medical-grade leeches release Herudo medicinalis, which is a powerful anticoagulant used to treat venous congestion after replantation, grafts, or soft tissue flaps. The offending microbe is Aramonas hydrophilia, which is a gram-negative rod in the intestines of the leeches and that can also assist with clot digestion. However, Aramonas hydrophilia can also cause infection in humans, ranging from local soft tissue infections to severe sepsis. As such, prophylactic antibacterial coverage is often recommended, with ciprofloxacin recognized as the first-line chemoprophylaxis. A third-generation cephalosporin or trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole or TMP-SMX are recommended in cases where fluoroquinolones are contraindicated or in fluoroquinolone-resistant strains. Verrier et al. reviewed medicinal leech therapy and Aramona species infection over a two-year period. They reported three infections in 28 cases. They found that the Aramona species strains were susceptible to fluoroquinolones, TMP-SMX, aminoglycosides, and third-generation cephalosporins, but resistant to amoxicillin clavulonic acid and second-generation cephalosporins. They recommended routine tank water microbiological analyses in order to identify leeches containing resistant strains and to promote the selection of appropriate antibiotic prophylaxis. Kruer et al. performed a multicenter study to evaluate the efficacy of antimicrobial prophylaxis during medical leech therapy. 
prophylaxis was given in all patients undergoing therapy. In cultures of all four surgical site infections after leech therapy, they isolated Aramona species resistant to the chosen prophylactic agent. They concluded that ciprofloxacin and TMP-SMX were equally effective at preventing leech-associated infections. Wilmer et al. performed a study to investigate the role of leech water sampling in the choice of prophylactic antibiotics in medicinal leech therapy. In 14 surveillance cultures with Aramona species, they reported 71.4% were susceptible to ciprofloxacin and 100% were susceptible to TMP-SMX. They recommended regular surveillance to detect resistant Aramona species in medical leeches. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, while some studies have demonstrated the susceptibility of some Aramona strains to aminoglycosides, these are not the first line of treatment. Tetracyclines are also 30S subunit inhibitors. Answer 2, while some studies have demonstrated the susceptibility of some Aramona strains to third-generation cephalosporins, these are not the first line of treatment. Answer 3, 50S subunit inhibitors, including macrolides and linazolid, have no role in Aramonas infection prophylaxis. And finally, answer 5, RNA synthesis inhibitors like rifampin have no role in Aramonas infection prophylaxis. And moving on to the final question, a 30-year-old healthy female sustains a traumatic digit amputation while working at a factory. Which of the following is an absolute indication for digit replantation in this patient? And the choices are 1. Isolated amputation of the index finger proximal to the FDS insertion. 2. Amputation due to crush injury. 3. Replantation of an index finger with a segmental injury. 4. Isolated amputation of the thumb proximal to the FPL insertion. And 5. Presentation 13 hours after the amputation occurred. The correct answer to this question is for isolated amputation of the thumb proximal to the FPL insertion. So the unique functional role of the thumb in opposition and pinch dictates that it be replanted whenever possible in a healthy patient, regardless of the level of amputation. The remainder of the answer choices are relative contraindications for digit replantation. Bulas et al. outline indications and contraindications for digit replantation after traumatic amputation. Contraindications to replantation include multi-level or segmental injury, a single digit proximal to the FDS insertion, a severe crush or mangling injury, extreme contamination, prior impaired function, concomitant life-threatening injury, severe medical problems, anesthetic risk, and major psychiatric disorder. Waikaku et al. determined the influencing factors of the immediate and late outcome of replantation and revascularization of amputated digits. They found that the type of injury was the most important factor influencing immediate and late outcomes. They also determined that connecting the profundus tendon stump of the proximal part of the superficialis tendon of the amputated part gave better result than two tendon repair and repairing only the profundus tendon. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer one, replantation of a single digit proximal to the FDS insertion is associated with poor results related to the loss of PIP joint motion due to flexor sheath adhesion formation. Answer 2, crush or mangling injury is associated with serious damage to tissues, which are at risk for infection, problematic healing, and scarring, thereby contributing to a poor outcome. Answer 3, segmental injury to the index finger is a contraindication to replantation due to poor function postoperatively. And finally, answer 5, prolonged warm ischemia time, defined as more than 12 hours, is associated with replantation failure. That's all for this review about replantation. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets. 
the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast thus far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It would help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.